1: And good Wednesday to you and welcome inside the WKVL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser and you're listening to the Wednesday edition of The Grind. As we uh, as we talk a little bit about what happened yesterday afternoon, as, as a couple different news and notes drop down, we'll talk about how the TSSAA has made an announcement that given the emergency order extension by Governor Lee... Uh, Tennessee schools for for football uh, and seven-on-seven and different things will have to uh, stay with the delay and kind of hold to his order. And then also 2020, we'll see no minor league baseball. Uh, We'll talk about what that looks like, what that means locally, but also what that looks like nationally. As as the commissioner of minor league baseball said, uh, more than half of said franchises may look – Uh, to dissolve financially if no support comes from government assistance or major league baseball and then also uh 66 days until it's football time in tennessee we'll talk about the guys that wore the number 66 we'll talk about the year 1966 and we'll talk about hall of famers that wore the number 66 there's some pretty good ones ray nitschke is one that we'll talk about, a guy that uh, uh, he's remembered uh, anytime you talk about hard-nosed players uh, from back in the day. But we'll open up with the the TSSAA extending or delaying the start of high school football, uh, seven-on-seven football, girls' soccer, wrestling, and even some basketball practices. Uh, officials with the TSSAA said that Governor Bill Lee's extension – of the state of emergency until August 29th will affect practices, scrimmages, and competitions for contact sports this fall. They said football and girls' soccer will not be able to begin their seasons as originally scheduled due to this extension. Schools also cannot uh, have games or scrimmages with other schools or close contact activity during football seven-on-seven or soccer, wrestling, or basketball. No information is currently available about specific dates when the season may begin. Officials say they are continuing to work with member schools to ensure that they are compliant with the state of emergency. Officials also said they are developing regular season and postseason options for the TSSAA Board of Control's consideration. They, they have a meeting this morning. Uh, it actually will be streamed online. So, again, if you if you're interested in what they're talking about, I think you can get on there, tssaa.org, and check that out. I think the meeting starts at 9 a.m. The board will make the decision as to how the delay may impact the postseason and if the adjustments can be made to the regular season uh, to see what happens. Uh, here's the the release that was sent out by, by Mr. Childress, uh, Bernard Childress, uh, what the memo said uh, as he sent it out uh, yesterday. I'm trying to. It says, uh, we are working with the governor's office to ensure that our member schools are in compliance uh, with the executive order in regards to athletic participation in contact sports. It says, while the governor's order is in place, member schools cannot uh, have any competition or scrimmage with other schools, cannot have close contact activities during a fundamental practice in the sports of football, seven-on-seven football, girls' soccer, wrestling, and basketball. He said, based on the extension of the governor's order, uh, football they will not be able to begin their season as regularly started. And then uh, again, there will be some conversation as to how to move forward. So all of those things being considered, y- you kind of draw to question one: what's what's the end game here? Okay, because the the season was supposed to start August twenty first for for Maryville. I can I can speak to that. August 21st, so if you look at August 30th, that's nine-day delay. Uh, of course, you're going to roll it to the next Friday, so 14 days in delay. So, here's the questions. Here's the questions. One, if you have no contact through the end of August, is it feasible to kick off the 1st of September? I, I don't think so. I think this is a far, far more reaching Uh, delay than just a couple weeks i think this could very much go into september possibly late september start because you're going to want to get these guys together get get some jamboree stuff going get some hitting going before you just say bing start the season and then the next friday night you have a a, a, quite a few kids uh, with injuries because they haven't had contact up through august so i think that dynamics out there it's it's yes the the executive order goes through august but how and when can they have contact is there is there ways to put in you know some level of testing or or things like that to have contact or is this is this a wholesale shift and and we're out and and in kind of no man's land i think the second question i have is is why why two month why two month extension and this is this is this is not Wayne wanting football. This is Wayne just really trying to understand uh, the 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 meaning or the push behind the extension. You know, Governor Lee extended an order that that had been in place through for a two month period. Uh, science has said that heat is a big proponent and a deterrent for coronavirus spread. Well, we're about to get into the hottest month of the year, so July and August. Why not extend it for one month? Go to go to July thirtieth, and then revisit it then. And if you have to extend into August, you do. But you 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 understand the dynamics of what you're impacting from there on out. Uh, I understand that you you kind of get in 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 way of of the school starting the start of the school year, et cetera, et cetera. So I I think I don't want to say that it's overreaction because like I've said this whole time, I think. You, we'll never know if we overreacted. We'll only know if we underreact. And I still hold by that. But I, if if anything through this has been an overreaction, I think this is. Yes, Sevier County's kind of hotbed it right now. Nashville's stayed hot. You know, Memphis has stayed hot. Even even Morristown right now is getting a lot of cases. So I think the, I think the extension is not the problem. It's the length of the extension. And then, then it draws the question. You know, my wife and I were talking, uh, you know, last night about the start of school. You know, they've already kind of gave a gave an alternative to where, you know, if you if you there's online options. You know, if you don't feel safe, and I think that's great. But but I mean, we've got a five year old that's that's going into kindergarten, and in in our in our opinion, that's a that's a very formative time uh in, in in kids learning and, and and their understanding of school and and that expectation et cetera, et cetera. all of this kind of throws that into a tizzy because again you you can't have practice i get that you can't beat and bang on each other but you can have 25 kids who don't know how to wear masks all in one room it just it just it just it makes me ask that question like wh- how far reaching is this extension are they going to push out the start of school? Is is this is this really is this a merited thing? Is this something that that's going to be be stringently held? Because uh, again, and and I know I know beating and banging, sweating on each other, and all that is a is a completely different level of risk as far as coronavirus spread, et cetera, et cetera. But you know, I was talking to an individual yesterday. He's he's part of the media uh, for for another local high school. And you know we're talking. You know, where does this stop? Because I, I don't think by the end of August we're going to have a cure. I don't. I don't think by the end of August we're going to have this thing wrangled down. Uh, so, so what? What gave that date? What spun August thirtieth? Like, hey, let's just spin it there. Let's 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 push it out to there and see what happens. I just I don't know that we got enough information on the on the cause of the extension. Uh, what you know what the deal was with governor lee oh i swear monday or wednesday mornings it's monday all over again uh wednesday mornings seem to seem to get me worse than others but i'm gonna try to get a little uh um, there's governor lee extends order uh let's see what he said his exact comments it says his new corona uh virus cases continue to soar in tennessee he extends the state of emergency on monday uh, that was Monday evening. It actually became public yesterday. Uh, the state of emergency will stay in effect to at least August 29th. Uh, the governor's declaration continues the suspension of a multitude of laws and regulations as the state continues to grapple the spread of coronavirus. As of Monday, Tennessee had 14,743 active cases of coronavirus with 592 deaths, nearly 2,600 hospitalizations since the outbreak. Uh, The latest uh, figures show the state is averaging about 43 new virus-related hospitalizations per day, uh, the highest rate since early May. Officials detected about 4,200 new infections since Friday, which is the most reported in any four-day span since the beginning of the outbreak. uh, Outbreak, wow. Overall, Tennessee has been... has seen significant increase of COVID-19 in recent weeks, which comes as public officials look to restart economic activity. Uh, The order will also extend the telehealth to take out alcohol sales and other provisions that have have been a part of this government order. Uh, The latest emergency declaration includes a multitude of provisions, including uh, expanding some of those those telehealth options, uh, allowing restaurants to continue to offer takeout and delivery, alcohol services, uh, and ease access to unemployment benefits. Uh, y- you know, I, I don't know. I, I'm I'm torn. You know, because I really I want us to to not only have football, but I want us to feel good about having football. I want us to have girls soccer. I want us to have wrestling. I want us to have a lot of things. So. One thing that we we kind of conversated about yesterday with 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 another uh, you know media member from another high school was the the real idea, and I think I, that's why I'm really interested in this TWSAA controls meeting this morning is is what is going to be discussed, what is on the table. You know, I think from a from a media member standpoint, you know, I can run rampant with it. I can flip spring and fall sports because baseball is a lot less contact tracks a lot less contact and and say you know what let's go ahead and play those sports and it opens up the windows for football in the spring because a lot of people say if we can continue to beat this thing in the head through the, the summer months and into the fall then we can get a real good wrangle on it by the end of the year and if that's the case then spring football could be real football i mean it could be a real thing uh the the only dynamic that that i see with that and and maybe if you have a if you have a an interesting opinion or if you have a twist on on what could be an option uh shoot us a call 865-983-4310 again that's 865-983-4310 uh shoot us a call but but that option's out there you know what does it look like if we flip spring and 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 spring and fall sports you know, I think on the surface level, I don't, I don't really see a big, big, big deterrent from it. You know, baseball, softball, uh, cross country track, those kind of things, you can kind of play those anytime. Uh, now, granted, it's probably a little more ideal to run in the time that they're slotted because of temperatures and different things. But, but it, it's out there. Uh, you know, baseball didn't play this spring, so that it's not like you're back in two seasons up against each other. So. I don't necessarily disagree with that. I think I think baseball getting started here at the end of July, that will tell the tale of, of how protocol can work and how things can do. And, and the member I talked to yesterday said baseball uh, should have got out and played baseball well before they're actually playing it because they could have been the model for a lot of people based on you know what happens when this happens and how do you react and how do you respond and how do you contain players and, and what you do. They could have spearheaded this thing, but unfortunately, uh, between the the dollar signs and the and the contractual agreements, a lot of that stuff got dealt with away from from the playing field. But all that all that being said, NHL will start early. Uh, Baseball is going to play some. NBA basketball looks to be playing some, uh, given the 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 scenario playing at Disney World. But but in the high school ranks. Has anybody got an opinion? I, I guess is my thing. I I don't see a ton of, of of risk there. I think I think playing it's according to when the spring months are going to be. I mean, because you usually play from late August, September, October, November, and the first week of December is uh, is 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 the the state championship game. So you're looking at three and a half months. So the the school calendar normally ends in May. So, I mean, are you literally going to play May, April, March? Are you going to start football in February? I've played in really cold weather football, and I know some some teams out in, like, Colorado and different places that get cold really quick, they're like, hey, October's just as cold as February. And there's some point there. There's some really good points there. But in East Tennessee, if you tell me it's as, it's as cold – in, uh, in October as it is in February, I'm gonna call you a liar. It's what I'm gonna call you. So I, I don't know. I think the dynamic different different dynamics happen for different regions of the country, but I, I could see that that being a option. Uh, and I say that because y- you know at this point everything's up in the air. I don't, I don't think there's a there's a there's a cog in this in this story that's fixed in this this table uh the only one is 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 the not having sports that that is a fixed uh option on the table and i think it's a real option you know i think you know just like minor league baseballs canceled their season uh it would be devastating uh, and i think even twsla people have said uh that that would be very much the case that it would be devastating uh to not have football this fall but but i you know i like I said, I am I'm, I'm torn because I want I want it all, right? You know the old Queen song. I want it all, and I want it now. Uh, I want I want the safest, uh, most fan friendly, fan involved contact. Blah blah blah. I want it all, I, and and I understand how unreasonable that is. But that's that's why it's opinionated radio. It's not fact, you know. It's not you know stat stat layout, you know. Everything is is factual kind of situation. There's some there's some emotion here. There's some some different conversation, but I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. I just know that that cause and effect. Governor Bill Lee extends the order. Now we have an extension or a delay in the start of high school football. That will affect this station as we are the radio homes for Alcoa right here on WKVL, and we're the radio home for the Maryville Rebels on WGAP. That will not change. But it will extend again to be determined. Will be the new dates on our calendar, and uh, and we'll plan accordingly. But you know uh, what you got to do is you got to kind of roll with the punches. You got to understand what's coming at you, what you can control, and do your due diligence. And I think it's another one of those conversation pieces, like we had yesterday. We don't know how to fix it, but we know what we can do. We can take care of ourselves. We can limit contact. We can. Wash our hands, we can wear masks, we can do the things that we know we can do and do do pretty efficiently and then let the um, let the scientists, let the state officials let the TWSWA dictate what that might look like. but I think I think positive trends make for positive trends in sports, and I think if we can knock this thing down and get some uh, get some relief started, then of course they would feel more comfortable with the boys playing so uh at the end of the day uh we're we're stuck out till august the 29th now and from there hopefully today the TWSWA will release some plan or some uh, options for how we can move forward but let's take us a break listen to these great sponsors uh we're gonna to try to try to unfold that a little bit more. But when we come back, I wanna talk about this minor league baseball cancellation, what it means for the players in the farm system and what it means for the institutions that are the the Chihuahuas, the the diamond you know, the diamond fish, the the blue wahoos, the 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 jumbo shrimp, all the great minor league teams. How are they gonna handle this and what are we gonna do? You're listening to the Grind Wednesday edition. We'll be right back. or go to donnacry.com. MIG is an equal housing lender.
2: The Blunt Partnership is committed to leading the Blunt County business community through this coronavirus outbreak. We will continue to be a resource for all businesses as well as supplying up-to-date information for our community. Please check out our website for updated information at www.bluntchamber.com or search for Blunt Chamber on Facebook,
1: Instagram, and Twitter. So check out the Party Pub on Ellis Avenue in downtown Maryville, a place where they treat you like family, and it's always a good time.
3: Your local Blunt County Community Food Connection is still open, serving local families in time of need and hardship. We provide prepackaged groceries to help meet your nutritional and dietary needs. The Community Food Connection is open Monday, Wednesday, and Saturday from 10 a.m. until noon for drive-up delivery only. Residents are asked to remain in their vehicle so that our volunteers may safely distribute the food. Directions as to how to enter and depart the facility will be clearly displayed. We thank you for your cooperation and look forward to serving you at your Blunt County Community Food Connection.
1: Have you been asking yourself if it's time to take that business idea and make it a reality? Do you need help with marketing or getting a leg up on the competition? Then check out my friends at 42nd Street Marketing right here in Maryville. A company invested in Blunt County and ready to help. They can take your business to the next level. Mike, Janet, and the staff at 42nd Street are a dream to work with, and I'm proud to say that they built the grindonsports.com into what it is today. But if you need marketing and maybe don't know where to start, check out my guys at 42nd Street Marketing right here in Maryville. Their phone number is 865-982-7007, or you can check out their work online, 42SD.com. Again, phone line is 865-982-7007. Or online at 42sd.com. Check them out. I think you'll be glad you did. Whitlock & Company Certified Public Accountants features accounting services for individuals and businesses, serving Blunt County for over 30 years. Everything from income tax preparation services to personalized accounting plans for small businesses and large corporations with over 100 employees for a full range of accounting services including payroll processing, bookkeeping, on Apple Podcast and Google Play Music directly from the website. It's a one-stop shop for everything The Grind. Check us out online, thegrindonsports.com. That's thegrindonsports.com.
0: We don't always promise to be perfect, but we promise to give you our honest opinion. This is sports radio from a fan's perspective. You're listening to The Grind Hundred point nine FM eight fifty AM Rocky Top Sports
1: and welcome back inside the WKBL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser, and you're listening to the Wednesday edition of the Grind. As we uh, as we kind of dive into story number two here, it's about minor league baseball. I should have uh, should have jumped out there and got Mister Freddie Baseball in involved on this story. Might try to get him uh, to call in here very very soon. Talk a little bit about this, but uh, basically, what's long been expected uh, with delays and and with the uh, the extension of the the executive orders. Uh, there will be no minor league baseball in 2020. That that shelves a lot of different, different franchises at, at a lot of different levels. Minor league baseball officially announced at 5 p.m. on Tuesday, uh, June the 30th, that the season has been shelved because Major League Baseball has informed it that it will not provide players. Now the focus is on what comes next. First, teams must unravel as much as they can from this season. There will be Huge flood of fans, advertisers, et cetera, that want refunds, tickets, deals uh, that have been purchased for games that that basically uh, were not officially canceled, so they probably went ahead and sold some of those events. But some of those fans uh, will choose to roll them to ch- 2021, but others may want uh, a cash out um, if possible. The, uh, the economy stagnation will affect a lot of this and will ultimately have a, a direct impact on what's going on but it said for the rest of what has been done in the minor league season teams will likely continue to do what they've been doing Uh, if you look at it over over the country and over what what looks to be a pretty cool landscape uh they've been using these ballparks as as a lot of different things Uh, i know right now the uh the smoky stadium is doing like a little local tournament kind of thing with with some local teams and and Clinton-based teams, and Anderson County, and those those kind of things. So they've been doing that, but some some interesting ways people have done, done things, the Pensacola Blue Wahoos and the Salem Kaiser, Kaiser uh, Volcanoes uh, have turned their ballparks into Airbnbs, uh, so you can rent those out overnight. Uh, others have become hosting in-park restaurants, uh, farmers markets, drive-in movies, and anything else teams can dream up to get a few drops of revenue. Uh, teams across Texas and Pacific Coast leagues are getting set up to host the Texas Collegiate League, uh, one of a, a – they're calling a smattering that's – a, that's a new word for me – of summer college leagues across the country still slated to play despite the coronavirus pandemic. Other stadiums are hosting high school tournaments, showcases, while one uh, plans on hosting an adult softball league. Uh, that'd be – I mean, that's ideal. Who, Whoever thought you'd get to, get to swing away in a, a minor league ballpark. But a small number of teams, Altoona, Toledo, Port Charlotte, and others will host alternate training sites for members of their parent clubs, player pools uh, who don't accompany the team uh, during a regular season. Uh, without revenue, minor league teams have been laying off and furloughing employees throughout the course of the pandemic – With no games in sight and the payroll protection loans issued uh, in the early part of the shutdown, uh, more jobs will be lost based on the decision uh, from yesterday. Teams will keep on. uh, Some staff members who can help with whichever path uh, they choose to keep fans in the ballpark, but those numbers will likely be very minimal. Uh, Notable exceptions can be found in in Pensacola, Balut, uh, Portland, which also promised zero layoffs or furloughs no matter how long these shutdowns last. They must have a, a pretty good uh, plan and a, and a reserve uh, to be able to pay those salaries. Uh, perhaps the only silver lining is that teams can now schedule bar par- ballpark events uh, unwavered and unimpacted Uh, from the question of whether the season will take place. Even in normal years, minor league baseball is a year-round business. Now the calendar's clear for teams to begin scheduling those non-baseball events without the chance of being forced to scrap it at a moment's notice because they're cranking up baseball. Uh, For players who are not part of their team's player pool, the cancellation of the minor league season begins an off-season of uncertainty. The volatility of the coronavirus and spike in cases – In both big league training states of Florida and Arizona have thrown the possibility of the Instructional League and the Arizona Fall League uh, out in serious jeopardy. Uh, Spots in foreign winter leagues will be in high demand and will be dependent on relaxed regulations regarding international travel. Some players with their contracts suspended as part of the country's national emergency will opt to play in independent leagues, but those leagues... Have also been reduced dramatically because of COVID-19. The reality sits that most players are simply not going to play organized baseball 2020. They'll lose a year of development, and in some cases, have to wonder from month to month about whether their parent club will continue paying the $400 per week stipend that has been going on since March. That's near. That's the near future. Uh, in the in the longer picture. Uh, minor leagues will look a different in 2020. Uh, you don't know what that's going to happen because in the pandemic, minor league baseball uh, has basically waved a white flag, if you will, and said, you know, I, I don't know how we're going to be able to, to sustain if we have no baseball. Roughly 40 of its teams uh, are, are in, in jeopardy of, of maybe needing to dissolve or realign at some level. Uh, The original list of 42 teams on the chopping block has been fluid throughout the process, and teams have worked their way on and off the list over the past seven months. MLB's proposals, if adopted, would lead to short-season New York, Pennsylvania, and rookie-level Appalachian and Pioneer Leagues being eliminated entirely from affiliated ball. In many cases, those teams had at least wanted to have a farewell season. The pandemic may have very well wiped that away. Some of the teams in the contracted leagues will remain part of the overall picture, like sprinkled into various leagues at either Class A level, which will include four full-season teams or at least one rookie-level complex league team for each of the 30 big league clubs. Affiliations will change as part of the plan as well. The standard two-year player development contracts will be wiped out and replaced by a much longer agreement. Uh, Some sources have said the agreement could last as long as 20 years. Uh, That will eliminate the biannual affiliation shuffle. That leads to odd, inconvenient arrangements. The Nashville's AAA affiliate being in Fresno, California, for example. Uh, That makes the major uh, headache for both players and organizations kind of ease up a little bit. Uh, And then they'll also look. All in all, 2020 will go down as maybe the worst season in a minor league uh, since at least 1918 when the Spanish flu pandemic and war- World War I caused enough havoc that only one league, the International League, finished its season. There will be no wacky alternate jerseys, no bobbleheads, no kooky concessions, no tarp pulls, no possums on the warning track, no mascots, no pop-up prospects, no seventh inning stretches, and no walk-off home runs in the minor leagues. <laughs> as this article says, there'll be no joy anyway because the minor league season got snuffed out. And, again, this article was written uh, by J.J. Cooper and Josh Norris. Uh, this is of Baseball America. Uh, pretty good article uh, to check out and, and kind of understand that dynamic because it really is. I mean, when you look at it, the Tennessee Smokies, they're in Sevier County. Sevier County is polluted with – different things to do go-kart tracks bungee jumping helicopter rides guns you know you name it they've got it you know i'm trying to think of other things you can do you can do the airbrush t-shirts you can do uh shopping you can do all the attractions titanic uh wonderworks all that jazz it's i mean it's a tourist destination and you know what sits right there on interstate 40 Smokies Park. And, and, you know, it's been a fun thing that over the last several years that they've really integrated and become a part of that community, the Kodak area, and, and really helped kind of develop some of that Kodak area with other businesses stepping in based on uh, the extension of Sevier County and how it falls in uh, to Kodak there. A high school has been put in there in 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 Kodak as far as uh, Northview Academy. Uh, it's really been a, an elevation in the overall uh, development of that area but uh, 2020 will stall uh, that development will stall that growth because baseball at the major league the minor league of the major league level uh, will not be taking place so um, we'll, we'll see how that shakes out if you know the, does this uh does this expand or, or speed up the transition that was uh the non-renewal of smokies park is this You know, could this be one of the final years uh, that we see baseball in Smokies Park? We'll we'll just have to kind of see how this shakes out. But I think as realignment is kind of pushed down, as it kind of develops and how teams are going to be reshuffled, uh, we'll see how the Smokies end up because I think it's a piece of this community, a piece of this area that we don't want to lose. But for the short time period in 2020, we have definitely – Uh, taking it off the table so minor league baseball canceled in 2020 and and hopes to return in 2021 but if you look at it uh follow mr fred stroll on facebook he talks about the the high school tournaments that are taking place at smokies park so it's not all lost it's just lost at the minor league level but we'll try to get freddie baseball on here just shortly but let's take our next break of the day uh listen to these great sponsors when we come back We're going to talk 66 days until it's football time in Tennessee. We'll talk about all the great Hall of Famers that wore 66, who wore it for the Vols, and then what happened in sports in the year 1966. We'll talk it all on the flip. You're listening to The Grind, 100.9 FM, 8.50 AM, and streaming at WKVL.com. We'll be right back. You don't want to miss it. go to donnacry.com. MIG is an equal housing lender. The 4th of July will be the perfect time for family and friends to celebrate justice and liberty for all. And Rule King is
3: your source for summer fun at the lowest prices every day. Check out the pool
1: floats and supplies, grills, folding chairs, and the folding picnic table, normally $129.99, now just $99.99. Buy online and pick it up at the store. Celebrate freedom this year with your Neighborhood Rule King, America's Farm and Home Store. Are you looking for a place to relax and have fun after work or a place to fill the weekend fun? Check out the Party Pub in the heart of Maryville. They open at 7.30 a.m. and have daily drink specials. They have darts, karaoke, and billiards daily as well as Tennessee football each and every Big Orange Saturday in the fall. So check out the Party Pub on Ellis Avenue in downtown Maryville, a place where they treat you like family, and it's always a good time. A public service
3: announcement from Knox Area Rescue Ministries and your friends at Blunt Broadcasting Corporation. During the Safer at Home order, Knox Area Rescue Ministries has continued to provide a home to those without one. It's shown why CARM is an essential business in our community. CARM Stores was recently designated as an essential business as well. CARM Stores thank you for your previous support and are excited to announce the reopening of donation centers and stores. As we resume receiving your generous donations, we recognize that business might not be completely as usual. We will continue to monitor guidelines from local officials and practice safe social distancing recommendations. We appreciate your continued support of Knox Area Rescue Ministries and CARM Stores as we remain dedicated to serving the homeless, needy, and vulnerable during this time. A public service announcement from Knox Area Rescue Ministries and your friends at Blunt Broadcasting Corporation. El Jimidor Mexican Grill, authentic Mexican food in Maryville, Tennessee for the past 15 years. Open Sunday through Thursday, 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. Friday and Saturday, 11 a.m. to 10.30 p.m. El Jimidor offers Monday through Friday lunch specials with their 15 minutes or free guarantee. Call your order in at 865-681-6040 and delivery is available. You'll enjoy a comfortable environment while gathering with family and friends at El Jimidor Mexican Grill, located at 1705 East Lamar Alexander Parkway in Maryville, Tennessee. El Jimidor Mexican Grill, a proud sponsor of Blount County
1: Sports. on Apple Podcast and Google Play Music directly from the website. It's a one-stop shop for everything The Grind. Check us out online, thegrindonsports.com. That's thegrindonsports.com.
2: At The Blood Partnership, we're working to keep people safe and informed about the recent outbreak of COVID-19, the coronavirus. We know that as members of the community, businesses are experiencing unexpected challenges, and we're committed to providing as much support as possible. Find business and community information on our website at www.bluntchamber.com or search for Blunt Chamber on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. In uncertain times, you can be certain of this. The Salvation Army is serving
1: those most in need with help and hope. Thanks to your donations, the Salvation Army is helping those affected by COVID-19. Those who've lost wages, who have no home to retreat to, who need food, help with utilities,
2: and most of all, hope. To see how you can continue to make a difference,
1: visit SalvationArmyUSA.org.
0: We don't always promise to be perfect, but we promise to give you our honest opinion. This is sports radio from a fan's perspective. You're listening to The Grind on 100.9 FM, 850 AM. Rocky Top Sports.
1: And welcome back inside the WKVL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser, and you're listening to the Wednesday edition of the Grind. 66 days till it's football time in Tennessee. So excited uh, that that we, we're counting it down. And again, as more of this stuff and more of these delays happen, uh, my counting is uh, is very speculative. But at the same time, uh, you count until you have a reason not to count. So we'll continue to do so. Number 66 is where we sit today as it's 66 days until September 5th matchup with the Charlotte 49ers. Bill Johnson wore 66 for the players or for a player spotlight. He played guard 55 to 57. He kept he helped usher in the bowden white era with three consecutive winning seasons and an SEC championship. After a 6-3 and 1 season, Johnson was Wyatt's starting guard in 56 and 7. The line one pushed Tennessee to the national spotlight in his junior season as the Vols finished with an undefeated regular season and won the SEC as the nation's second-ranked team. But the next year, Johnson earned national notoriety himself when he was given All-American status. And on the defensive side, Johnson helped hold UT opponents to 109 pass attempts for just 501 yards on the season, both school records still today. Uh, Why I wore the number, Uh, Cody Sullins. If you remember the Sullins twins from 2009, both of them anchored down a makeshift offensive line uh, for the the lone Lane Kiffin year, and those guys did a really good job. He said, I was very proud to finally have my number 66. I came to Tennessee as a walk-on for the 2005 season and dressed out in four games that year. I made the travel squad during the 26th campaign, and again in the 2007 season. And each time I had a different number for each different season. Each spring and fall, I kept wondering what new number the equipment staff would hand me. The equipment staff gave me number 66 at the start of the spring practice in '07, And for the season uh, that fall, I wasn't sure if I would get to keep the number for the rest of my career at Tennessee. It was somewhat disheartening not to be able to have that identity of your number, Uh, people on the street would ask do you play for Tennessee then I would proudly say yes I do and it was almost certain the next would come well what number are you and he said I would always respond with whatever number I wore last season not knowing if my number would be the same the following year he said also signing autographs became tough as well because you had to make sure you were signing the right number next to your name it wasn't until the fall of 2008 when I knew that 66 was going to be my number. That that August, during camp, Coach Fulmer awarded me with an athletic scholarship. It was one of the proudest moments of my life, but not quite as proud as being selected as the starting center for the 2009 season and playing alongside my brother, Corey, throughout the season. It was really a dream come true. And I remember that season. I remember when, when and again, the Kiffin era is stunted because of how he left and, and all the, the different – negative Lane Kiffin things he did. But anyway, the 2009 season, you know, when you look at that season and you look at at projection and you look at what we should have done versus what we did, you know, just remember, we were coming off a 5-7 and season. Fulmer had, had been let go as the head coach. And we're looking at a hot shot, thinking he's a hot shot, California kid, complete 180 from from former and uh, <laughs> I think Jason, you you, you jumped on the uh, on, on Jeffy Max sixty six Mario Lemieux uh, the best number sixty six. I wouldn't disagree. Uh, I and I wouldn't disagree because I don't have one to bring to the table. So I'm gonna go with it. Mario hashtag Peppy Le Lemieux uh on the uh, on the the greatest number sixty six. But I remember the 2009 season when we were going into it. I'm like, this is gonna be a disaster. You know, Lane Kiffin's got he got fired at the Raiders. Uh, he was a hot shot offensive coordinator, but again, Pete Carroll had had parlayed that into success after Kiffin had left. Uh, he had kind of been a a a little bit of a, a problem child to that point, and I'm like, what are we getting into? You know, I was optimistic because it's Tennessee, and I want them to make good decisions, and I like to think that they know a lot more than I do. Sometimes they they make me question that thought, but otherwise. Um, so they make the hire. Here he comes. It's the lane train. It's all this deal. And he's he's talking about Urban Meyer, which instantly got me on his side because then, now, forever, I won't like Urban Meyer. But but anyway, I digress. Uh Montario Hardesty, what he did that year was was pretty pretty fantastic. The job Jim Cheney did, even Lane Kiffin did in developing Jonathan Crompton from from a guy who I wasn't sure. Uh, could play much better than than one of those guys from the Longest Yard but he molded him into a draft pick. I thought that was a special moment for him. That offensive line what Sam Pittman was able to do with a, a just a hodgepodge of guys, two walk-on twin brothers that really were undersized in a lot of ways but they held up. Uh, again, Montario Hardesty what he was able to do in in that year and in that in that environment. I think Pig Howard was on that team, and, and his evolution into a slot player. Uh, there was a lot of pieces that you talk about uh, that really uh, that really overachieved in that one year. Eric Berry was on the defensive side of the ball. Monty Kiffin uh, kind of working him in there and, and getting some things uh, really built up for for what was a top five draft pick for Mister Berry. So that that 2009 team. Uh, will always kind of, I don't want to say get sh- get the slight, but at the same rate, given that it was the Kiffin year, I don't think we, we fully take advantage of what good things happened uh, that year. But if you look at all-time 66 for the Vols, Emil Hust, uh, 1939 through 41, wore it for the Vols. Royal Price, uh, wore it. Robert Bob Olufsen, uh, wore it 44 and 45. Harold Johnson, wore it in 48 and 50. Bill Dukes, wore it 1951. Jim Demo, Warrant in 53. Bill Johnson, it 55 through 57. Ken Sadler, 1959. Bob Dalton, uh, 1960 through 63. Sam Robertson, 64 and 65. Rick Marino, 66 through 68. Richard Earle, 70 and 71. Lee Hittinger, uh, war it 73 through 75. Brent Aiken, Warrant 76. Alan Lynn, 77. Bill Christian, 1978 and 9. Severin Anderson were in 80 and 81 Ronnie Booker were in 82 Todd Kirk were at 84 through 87 Martin Williams were at 89 James Warrior Warren were at 90. Uh, Jason Lehman were at 92 through 95. Jason is coined for for being the guy the first I don't want to say the first guy but the first notable guy uh, to tell Peyton to shut up and call the play. Uh, there's a there's a story where, where when Peyton came into that UCLA game, Again, it was kind of in duress. He needed to get in there and do something. And he goes in there, and as he's been taught, and as his dad kind of led him to do, he's coming in with that quarterback authority. And Jason Lehman says, "Shut up, freshman, and call the play." So that was his introduction uh, to Mr. Jason Lehman uh, Thomas Stallworth wore at 1999. Sean Young wore at 2001 to 2003. David Ligon were at 04 through 06. Cody Sullins wore it 07 through 09, and Marquise Pair wore it in 11 and 12. Your current number 66, Dane Davis, offensive lineman, 6'7", 330 pounds. He's a sophomore out of Bluff City, Tennessee, by way of Sullivan East High School. Sullivan East, the Patriots, turned volunteer. Uh, Dane Davis sits at number 66 on this year's roster but but yeah talking about the best players to ever wear a number Mario Lemieux it's funny uh Jeff McIntyre as he was leaving yesterday told us 66 is Mario Lemieux Jason Ward comes on says Mario Lemieux and you know what in honor of the NFL NHL see I can't even say it like there's a there's a disconnect between me and the NHL but uh in honor of them honoring uh, $300 million worth of signing bonuses as they look to ramp back up the 2020 season. Give it to the NHL for the best number 66 in history. Mario Lemieux, Bobby Orr, the legendary defenseman of the Boston Bruins, once called Mario Lemieux the most talented player he had ever seen, noting that because of the countless injuries that plagued his career, we'd never see the potential of Le Magnifique. Uh, as, as they would call him. He said, injuries aside, Lemieux still considered one of the greatest players of all time as the only person to ever win a Stanley Cup as both a player and an owner. Uh, over the course of his NHL career, Mario Lemieux won three Hart Trophies, which is the regular season MVP for the NHL, six Art Ross Trophies, who honors the NHL's leading scorer, and two Conn Smythe trophies, uh, honoring the NHL's playoff MVP. He also led his native Canada to an Olympic gold medal in 2002. And Lemieux was inducted into the Hall of Fame immediately after his retirement in 1997. They waived the standard three-year uh, waiting period. So that's a that's a pretty big uh, big moment in the in the world of hockey. I mean, honestly non-hockey people and i consider myself a non-hockey people uh you know you say wayne gretzky and tell me to name another one i may say pk suban but i'll also i've heard the name mario lemieux like it's one of those household names that you just if 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 people say you know it's it's the same way in anything sports music whatever if you say a genre and you say name a person you can always do it you know it's like country george jones uh, you know, you know, rap. You you can you can. I mean, you can go down the list, but you know, Jay Z. He's he's one that, or or I guess nowadays it'd be like Pitbull or or Drake or something like that. But but anyway, when you look at at all the the different nuances of sports, if you say a sport, I think everybody that's a, that has a pulse on sports can name a name, and Mario Lemieux would be one that that would quickly, uh, especially uh, in in people who would have seen him play or. Uh, people who knew him as an owner uh, would be able to to kind of quickly uh, put that out there. But talk about Hall of Famers in the National Football League uh, that wore number sixty six. Uh, first one we'll talk about is Mister uh, Hickerson, uh, Mister Gene Hickerson. He was a guard that went in after uh, a pretty long uh, NFL career. Uh, he played. He said by taking personal pride in what I do. I wanted the respect of my teammates. Gene Hickerson uh, played 15 career seasons. Uh, Robert Eugene Hickerson selected as a future choice by the Browns in the 1957 draft out of the University of Mississippi, 6'3", 248 pounds. He was a tackle in college but shifted to guard as a rookie to better utilize the speed that he had. Uh, He was lead blocker for three Hall of Fame running backs, Jim Brown, Bobby Mitchell and Leroy Kelly, all NFL five consecutive seasons, uh, voted to six straight Pro Bowls, and Browns posted a 1,000-yard rusher in nine of Hickerson's first ten seasons. Before leading the league uh, and with rushers seven different times, uh, he was born in Trenton, Tennessee. Uh, he died at the age of 73, but Mississippi uh, was the product of Gene Hickerson, a Hall of Famer in the National Football League, uh, as uh, in the class of 2007, if you look, the next guy you'll hear this name and and have heard it before. Whether you know him or not, uh, you'll you'll have heard it before. Ray Nitschke. Uh, he's he's another one of those middle linebackers that when you say I'm playing like this guy, he's he's on that list of things you play for. Played for the Packers. He said, I'm not the biggest guy or the strongest guy, but I have to make up for my lack of size. Uh, with aggressiveness. He said, I've always learned that the best way to play the game is to hit your opponent a little harder than he hits you. It's called self preservation. Love that. He wore 66 in 15 seasons for the Packers. Out of Illinois, he was 6'3, 235. Raymond Ernest Nitsky was the number three overall draft pick in 58. The first Green Bay defender from the 60s to be enshrined in the Hall of Fame. He was an exceptional leader, tough, strong, and fast a savage defender on rushes. He had cat-like quick reflexes in the pass game, and he was named to NFL's all-time top linebackers group in 1969. He was all-NFL three years, intercepted passes for touchdowns in the 64 Pro Bowl, had 25 career interceptions. He was MVP of the 1962 NFL title game. Uh, he, as the class of 1978, Ray Nitschke uh, laid the groundwork for a lot of great linebackers uh, to come. You look at one other uh, Hall of Fame enshrinee that that people are going to remember. You talk about uh, a guy by the name of Larry Little, a guard. Uh, He played in uh, a lot of different leagues, but he played for the Dolphins. He said, all I'm interested is knocking people off their feet and making them respect me. Uh, Class of 1993, after 14 NFL seasons, out of Bethune-Cookman, 6'1", 265-pound Larry Little was a free agent signee with the Chargers, but he's quickly traded to the Miami Dolphins, immediately won the starting guard role, uh, and and then he was an all-pro bowler six six years, uh, five-time all-pro, three-time NFL Players Association pick as offensive lineman of the year, started in three Super Bowls out of Groveland, Georgia, Larry Little, a Hall of Famer at the number 66. And we'll, we'll kind of finish today's show jumping to 1966. If you look at American football, uh, what that looked like. Alabama was your national champion of the Orange Bowl uh, the 1965 season as they beat Nebraska 39-28 to 28 to win the AP National Championship uh, after the previous number one Michigan State Spartans lost in the Rose Bowl to number two ranked Arkansas. Uh, and, and so that, that kind of sprung Alabama uh, to a national championship. The AFL and NFL reach an agreement to merge as equals into one league under the NFL name in 1966. It would take effect the 1970 season. So your AFL championship uh, had the Chiefs beating the Buffalo Bills, and the NFL championship saw the Packers defeat the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, each of the two existing top-level professional leagues added a new team for the 66 season. The Atlanta Falcons joined the NFL, and the Miami Dolphins became part of the AFL. If you look at, at basketball, the way that shook out – or let's go to baseball. Milwaukee Braves moved to Atlanta and become the Atlanta Braves, so in 1966 the Atlanta Braves were born. Uh, elect Ted Williams to the Hall of Fame, that was one that uh, – a batter that hit over 400 – and received 282 of the possible 302 uh, votes. But in basketball, Texas Western beat Kentucky 72-65 to to be your NCAA basketball champs. And the NBA, uh, the Boston Celtics, won four games to three over the Los Angeles Lakers. The NBA, NBA MVP was a guy out of Philadelphia, 76ers product, Wilt chamberlain later to score 100 points in a single game but uh, the uh, the the celtics went on to win the championships would be the last of the sec celtics record eight straight nba championships so 66 brought an end to a run that won't soon be repeated the boston celtics eight straight nba championships but You talk about it, and uh, and World Series saw the Baltimore Orioles win four games to none over the L.A. Dodgers, 66 in the books. We'll talk 65 tomorrow, and you don't want to miss it, Thursday edition. If you're on your way to work or on your way home, take care, be safe, and yes, grind on.